We invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Bogos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. It will also appear on your screen in the course of the program. And now, our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. Welcome to another hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. It's a real joy to be with you again today. I want to thank you for joining me. Isn't it wonderful to come into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be able to have fellowship with Him? Because the Lord really loves you, my friend, and He's interested in you. You're an object of His infinite love. And I'm going to ask you to just open your heart to Him today and receive the blessing that He has in store for you. You know, God is in the business of changing people, and He desires that you and me come into a new experience with him of experience of rebirth. Now I have been speaking on several of the programs on the subject of being born again. And you might say, well, isn't this uh, subject over with yet? No, it's, it's almost inexhaustible. There's so much to say about it. And just when I think I'm finished, then suddenly there are other thoughts that come to me on this most vital subject of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. But before we go on, I want to thank all of you out there for standing by me uh, in this uh, television outreach. I really appreciate your help and your support. And I want to thank you for your letters and for the offerings that you've been sending to me. And if you haven't written me yet, I'm going to ask you to write me a letter today. Our God is great and He does great things. And especially, He comes into our life in Jesus Christ, and he transforms us into a new creature, into a child of God. Now, today I would like to speak about one particular aspect of the subject of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. There are many in the church today who uh, live with a lot of ambiguity and a lot of uncertainty about this very, very vital subject, because we know that Jesus set as a condition for salvation that every man and woman must experience the new birth. Unless a man is born from above, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, what I want to speak about today is the, the, uh, the signs of rebirth. In other words, what are the indications that a man or a woman has already entered into that experience? And I like to, to turn to a portion of scripture that brings out uh, what I consider the first sign of rebirth. And you can ask yourself the question, do you have this in your life? Can you claim it? And I'd like to read from 
the first epistle of John, chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Now, being born of God is the individual who has experienced the born-again uh, experience. He's gone through the second birth. It's to be born of God. Now, whoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Isn't that wonderful? This is the primary manifestation of being born of God, of being regenerate, regenerated in the Holy Spirit. It's overcoming the power of sin in our life. In other words, sin no longer has power over us. It has no more dominion over us. Not that we're perfect. No, we're still finite. We're still growing. We're still exposed to temptations. However, the born-again man and woman has victory over temptation and over sin. And this is what this scripture uh, emphasizes. And I like also to read from chapter 5, verse 18, where the same truth is stated by the Apostle John. I read, We know that whosoever is born of God, the Greek original has it, Whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touch him not. Again, you see, Scripture brings out this wonderful fact of rebirth that the individual who is born again enters into a new sphere of spiritual power, in, in, into a new dimension of the Holy Spirit who empowers that individual, that child of God, to be an overcomer, spiritually speaking. In fact, I think of that one verse in the Psalms that goes this way. Thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. As John puts it here, for his seed remaineth in him. So what is it that supplies this power to the individual believer? It's the seed of God. In other words, the word of God whereby the individual has been born again. Because we, I, have, I pointed out on a previous program that we are born again of the incorruptible seed. And the seed is the word of God whereby we come into this new experience of the rebirth. I read here in uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 23 being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And it's that same word that abides in us that keeps us in that state of victory. 
In fact, Peter says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Therefore, the seed, the word of God, remains in us. Not only does it empower us spiritually, but it enables you and me as children of God to grow thereby. Growth is another indication of spiritual rebirth. Ask yourself the question, am I growing? Am I showing signs of spiritual progress in my life? Am I advancing in the Holy Spirit? Or is my life spiritually static? Now, there, there are a lot of people in the churches today who basically are good people, decent people, but they mark no change, spiritual change in their life. They, they really don't move ahead in their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have a lot of people in the church that are so uptight about changing religiously because some of us are so deeply rooted in uh, certain customs and in fact su certain religious superstitions that we cannot move ahead. And sometimes uh, our religion becomes a source of our wickedness. We cannot move in God because we're so bound by certain customs or certain, uh, uh, certain practices in the church that uh, become so dead and so irrelevant to our spiritual life. I've heard people say something like this, well, Father, I don't know about this rebirth, but uh, all I know is what my mother taught me. This is uh, what I know, and if it was good enough for my mother, uh, it's good enough for me. Well, if you take this kind of an attitude, of course, then you really cannot move ahead. You cannot grow. And I want to turn to the epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 13, where the Apostle Paul speaks about growth and how God has created us and how he's renewed us in the spirit and redeemed us in the blood of Jesus Christ so that we might move ahead in our life experience of faith. Paul says, till we all come, till we all come, what's the objective? What's the goal that we're attaining in our Christian life? The unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to know Jesus in all his fullness. And Paul says, of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the believer really never stops growing. He can never say, well, I've arrived. But there's always more and more and more growing and more increasing to be done in the sphere of divine grace. We're always growing. So far, so long, insofar as we are feeding on that spiritual food. In other words, to the extent that the individual is being nourished on the Word of God, because that's 
the food of the believer. The word of God in addition to the body and blood of Christ in the Holy Communion. It's the sincere milk of the word that the Apostle Peter talks about in his epistle. So, we are a new creature in Christ because of the power of the, that, that is worked and manifested in us, the power of the Holy Spirit that is manifested within us. We become a new creature. This is why the Apostle Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Kenictesis, the Greek term, kenictesis. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This also expresses, you see, this fundamental truth that the born-again believer is an overcomer and sin no longer has dominion over him. And the Apostle Paul brings this out quite emphatically in uh, the epistle to the Romans where he speaks about the life of the flesh as over against the life of the spirit. And he says in chapter 6, verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And in verse 11 he says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. So my beloved, if you're a Christian believer and you're born again, it doesn't mean that you're not going to sin, but it means that you have inside of you that victory. Remember where Paul says, thanks be to God for the victory that he gives us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who has loved us. In other words, if we fall into sin, we have Jesus Christ, an advocate, uh, who is the propitiation for our sins, and he will forgive us. But the purpose of the Christian life is not to fall into sin and to be forgiven, and to fall into sin to be forgiven, but rather to remain in a state of grace, in a state of spiritual victory. Now, another indication and sign of being born again is brought out in that book of John, first epistle of John, chapter 2, uh, verse 20. And I want to turn to that again, to that uh, book of the New Testament. Chapter 2, verse 20, another indication, another manifestation of regeneration in the Spirit. And I read, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, what is that unction? And who is the Holy One? It's the anointing, in other words, of the Holy Spirit of the third person of the Trinity. In other words, you are a believer... You are a recipient of that heavenly anointing that you received at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, you know all things. Isn't that remarkable? You might ask, well, Father, how, what does it mean to know all things? How can I know all things? How can I understand the universe and the nature uh, of, uh, of, a of my physical environment or to know the chemical analysis of everything that's around me? or to understand the things of science, but that's not what the Word of God means here. All things here refers to the things of God. In other words, to the mysteries of 
the nature of God. And in verse 27, uh, we read, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. Isn't that remarkable? But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. So, the individual who is anointed in the Holy Spirit knows all things concerning God. In other words, he receives that spiritual illumination to know God, to know his will, to know his nature, to come into a relationship with him, to understand his divine word. In other words, to understand the Bible, to understand the Holy Scriptures. It's a supernatural endowment. Once you are born again in the Spirit, you receive that heavenly endowment, that inner knowledge, that inner uh, knowledge and awareness of, of, God's, of God's nature, of the purposes of God, in other words, of the purposes of God. And I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, verse 10, where Paul says, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man. Now, mark this. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth. So my beloved, to be born again in the Holy Spirit is to be endowed with a supernatural understanding of God. So God doesn't want you and me to be passive. There are too many passive people in church today that are so helpless and one reason for that is that they're really not born again in the Holy Spirit. They have to lean on other people. We need to have teachers. We need to have pastors. We need priests in the church. But my beloved, we have to be cautious against being dependent in a servile manner upon our fellow man, regardless of his rank in the church. We need the help of our teachers and of our pastors. But it does not mean to be helpless spiritually. God wants us to have boldness and to move in the Holy Spirit and to seek his spiritual illumination, to understand, in other words, his word, his scriptures. This is why the church fathers speak about understanding the word of God, understanding the Bible with the illumination of the Holy Spirit, to be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. This is the sign of being born again. And finally, my beloved, love being filled with love for one another and being filled with love for God is a sign also of being born again in the Holy Spirit. And I turn again to the epistle of John, chapter 4, verse 7, where he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, 
and everyone that loveth is born of God. To be born of God, in other words, to be born again, is to manifest that fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's to have fellowship with one another, to be in the light, in the divine light of love, because God's word says, if you are in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Now, love contrasts with fear, in other words. And fear is expressed sometimes in distrust, in bitterness, in jealousy. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So my beloved, let's open our hearts and we see that most beautiful gift of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. I'm running out of time. I don't have time to, to, to dwell on this any further right now. But I want you to just be sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. And we see that beautiful gift, my beloved, because it's a gift of God. It doesn't come with exertion or with effort, but just yield to him. And let Jesus Christ live his life in you, and he will give you that victory over sin, over fear, over sickness, and over disease. And he will meet your need because Jesus Christ is the answer to your need, my friend. I'd like to pray for you before we close the program. I'm going to ask you to just bend, uh, bend your, your head and close your eyes as I pray. Father, we thank you for this message today. And I ask, Lord, that you would use it for your purposes. That you would use it, Lord, to touch that man, that woman out there. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just minister grace this very moment to that person that's yielding to you, Lord. He and she needs you, Lord. Meet that need. Endow that person, Lord, with that beautiful gift of your Holy Spirit, with a regeneration of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that that individual may truly be your child, a child of God, born in the Holy Spirit, born of God, filled with victory, filled with knowledge of all things, and filled with that love, that infinite love, we ask this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for being with me today. And if you write me, I will send you a copy of my magazine, The Logos. I'd like to ask you to write me today and share in this outreach. May God's richest blessings be with you. We thank you for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.